Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. I'm working on a piece for... Spoiler for everyone here, for The Spectator, hoping to have it done by the end of the day. And I decided to write about how the conversation about mental acuity and, you know, cognitive capabilities is back in fashion. It took a four-year break. All these fact-checkers, all these talking heads, all these defenders of our democracy, which is in peril, by the way, they all took a four-year hiatus from concerning themselves with age And now it's back. Now they're worried again. They think Trump's speech is slurred. They they don't think he has that youthful vigor that he needs. And we obviously we were yesterday playing sound from this because Rachel Maddow and Jen Psaki were giggling about Trump and, you know, whether or not he has the energy. Again, this is Joe Biden's former press secretary who at at one point was bragging about how he got up and gave a speech at like nine o'clock in the morning. As if that was the greatest feat of any president ever. Okay? Teach Donald Trump a valuable lesson. Don't mess with the men in America unless you want to get the benefit. Yeah, she was like, he doesn't get up before nine for just anybody. Okay? He was taking it very seriously. But I don't think I emphasized enough how Nancy Pelosi was trotted out. The octogenarian Marie Antoinette showed up. She doesn't make as many appearances as she used to, but they brought her out to talk about Trump's cognitive capabilities. I have have no words. I mean, nobody older was available to make the case that Trump's too old? Like, do you bring out Nancy Pelosi? Was Dick Van Dyke not not around? It's like Bailey Zappi talking about Mac Jones's interceptions. Yeah, exactly. It's like, hey, know your audience here. Pot, meat, kettle. By the way, no shade to Dick Van Dyke because he still looks great and he's still, he's not lecturing me on politics, so I shouldn't take shots at him. 844-500-4242. But I, I don't think yesterday it really had hit me yet. How ridiculous that is that Nancy Pelosi is like, well, he's kind of old. Do you really think you're in a position to be talking about that? All right. Now, there are a a couple of big stories. Oh, by the way, I do think we'll hear from Joe Biden today. I know he has obviously with everything going on at the border. Texas is now saying they are not going to stand down. They're not going to abide by the Supreme Court decision that vacated the uh, the motion to stop the federal government from cutting through the razor wire. They're now saying, listen, we're going to keep the razor wire. And so with all of this chaos, it makes sense that Joe Biden is on the road today to go deliver a speech about a bridge because this man has his eye on the prize, okay? He has his priorities in check. 
I watched the bridge collapse on 95 in Scranton, Scranton, Delaware, from my home fire. See, you go that road that he's going to talk about an actual bridge. I think he might go with the cards. I think a card game, you know, I used to play bridge. That might be more. You know, my my mom, uh, Gina Finnegan, used to say, she played bridge, say, keep the faith. And I'd say, no, Joey. You You know what I think, Jared? I think he was raised by bridges. (laughs) <laughs> he was raised by the bridge community. But all this to say... My dad lost a job in the coal mine. I had to be a bridge for the next 12 years. My dad was a bridge. My dad was a bridge! But all this to say, I do think he will talk about the economy today. Because the big headline, and the media is loving it. They are they are getting the parades in order. The U.S. economy grew at a 3.3% pace in the fourth quarter. This is CNBC. And so naturally, we will hear from Joe. Because even though he's not in control of anything else, he can't control what's happening at the border. He inherited everything bad that's happened since he took over. He inherited from Donald Trump. Nothing is his fault. But 3.3% GDP growth, and you can bet your bottom dollar he is going to take a victory lap. So we are waiting on that. Now, another big story. A lot of this stuff just broke while we were doing the show today. Another big story has to do with Peter Navarro. And I like talking about Peter Navarro because I remember when this first happened. I remember when the former Trump White House official was arrested at the airport for defying a subpoena. And I I remember thinking, whoa, this is getting kind of crazy. They really are hell-bent on destroying not just Trump, but anyone associated with Donald Trump. Well, we have an update for you. And, you know, I would have almost thought, Jared, not that I'm a betting woman, but if I had to make a prediction, I would have said that he wouldn't have gotten any jail time. And I actually would have said that this would just kind of go away because of the proximity of this case to the Hunter Biden subpoena issue. Because you would think that if they were going to play this smart, they might just say, you know, this Peter Navarro thing, let's 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 make it an Eric Holder issue. In other words, let's let it disappear. You know, we're not going to actually make this guy do jail time, especially when you got Hunter Biden running around acting like he's the lead in some movie, making all these weird speeches and and then running away from Marjorie Taylor Greene during the congressional hearings, you would think that maybe that would be Peter Navarro's out. Like they can't they can't hold my feet to the fire if they're going to give this brat a pass. But no, the double standard really knows no bounds. So former Trump White House official Peter Navarro was sentenced Thursday to four months behind bars for flouting a subpoena from the House Select Committee that investigated the 2021 Capitol riot. Now, Hunter Biden's subpoena has to do with the tax evasion, right? Is that why they want to talk to Hunter? They want to talk to Hunter about that and they want to talk to Hunter about his father and and this kind of strange situation where his dad's calling into these business meetings and the Bidens seem to be running a sort of pay to play scheme. But that's okay if Hunter Biden ignores that subpoena because it's not nearly as important as the investigation into the 2021 Capitol riot. And that's really how they think of it. They're like, well, you know, Hunter Biden threw away a a gun in a trash can. (laughs) 
And he didn't pay his taxes. And he got a couple diamonds from Chinese billionaires. He might have sold out the United States. You know, he might have sold access to his father. But Peter Navarro, he ignored a subpoena that had to do with the Capitol riot. The worst day since 9-11. The worst thing since the Civil War. Since the Civil War. That's jail time, buddy. That is jail time. 844-500-4242. All right, when we come back, we're going back to the border here. We are going to talk about Ted Cruz and his latest comments to the media. He's actually on Fox right now. I'm looking at him. He's been doing a great job about this um, and about calling out these these charges that get thrown at Republicans who are concerned about having an open border. It's ridiculous that if you... If you showcase any sort of common sense and you say this situation cannot go on like this, then you are immediately labeled a racist, a xenophobe. And and the craziest part is, is that that doesn't apply to anything else. Like nobody would say to you, if you lock your door at night, it's because you're a racist. Oh, you you set an alarm at night? Xenophobe. No, because you want to know who's coming in and out of your house. A country operates, should operate the same way. And we actually, we support that when it comes to other countries like Ukraine, other places. They get tons of money from us to protect their own borders. But if you're an American citizen and you say, I'm not crazy about the idea of all these people coming in and some of them getting court dates for like 2035, other people not even getting court dates. They're just gotaways. We never see them again. If you express any concern about that you're just not a nice person you're just not as humane as joe and kamala um and one other thing i wanted to tell you guys there's this representative josh harder he's a california democrat and what i like about josh is that like joe biden he's very concerned about people paying their fair share he's concerned about things being equal and fair and by the books jared and i'll give you an example okay On January 11th, Josh Harder, California Democrat, tweeted, quick reminder. He's so helpful. You know, he's like, he sends out these reminders. Quick reminder. We should be making it harder for billionaires to cheat on their taxes, not easier. The richest Americans dodge $160 billion in taxes each year. It's time they pay their, can you guess, Jared? You can make a billion dollars, make it, but for God's sake, pay your fair share for damn it. Yeah, it's time. It's time they pay their fair share, says Josh Harder, and cut middle class taxes while we're at it. Explanation point. Exclamation point. He puts on the end there because he wants you to know that it's not just about the uber wealthy paying their fair share. It's also about cutting taxes for other people. Now, this is just something that Steve Nelson brought up in the New York Post. Josh Harder, he um, he actually holds a stake in two funds based in the tax haven of the Cayman Islands. Just a weird thing. And I'm not saying those two things, Jared, that they're incongruous with each other. I'm not saying that that makes him a hypocrite. But Harder's holdings in the Caribbean tax shelter emerged after the 37-year-old demanded stricter policies for others. Tax rules for thee, fair share for thee, but not 
for me. I'm just saying, if you got bodies in the basement, don't start yelling that the neighbor has bodies in the basement. I mean... Thou doth protest too much. Yes. Representative Josh Harder, whose district includes a city um, uh, a city in Northern California, owns between 15,000 and 50,000 of BVA fund for part of... Uh, between 1,000 and 15,000 in BVA funds, and Political reported this, citing his 2022 financial disclosures. So the disclosure form indicates that Harder received between $5,000 and $15,000 in partnership income from the larger Cayman holding. As long as he's paying his fair share, though, that's all I care about. We'll be right back. We'll talk more about Ted Cruz, and we'll take your calls. Don't go anywhere. Follow Grace on Twitter at G underscore Curly. This is the Grace Curly Show. We were talking earlier about Logan Airport, and there's a lot of video footage coming out of migrants, illegal aliens, just setting up shop at Logan um, because that's where they apparently think is a good place to set up cots. And I'm sure that I, I know there's already hotels in Massachusetts that are taking people in. I'm sure there'll be more soon. But there is definitely cause to be concerned. And because I mentioned that, it got me thinking, you know, a big local story happening here for all our Massachusetts listeners. And this is from, um, I think it's only in Boston is the, the Twitter handle. It says, Governor Mara Healy has announced the state is planning to close MCI Concord, the oldest running state prison for men in Massachusetts, by this summer, citing a decline in the statewide prison population and an effort to curb state spending. Now, I did notice that some of the replies to this tweet, people had ideas of what this will potentially be used for. I don't have any evidence of that. I don't have any information, but you can use your imaginations. People are thinking that this giant complex might be used for other things. A decline in the state's prison population. Yeah. They explain why there is a decline. State's prison. Well, if you, if you don't charge, is everybody for just living better or are people just people nicer? are being nicer? Yeah, people are just being nicer. We fixed the problem. Ah, everyone's like the on barbarian their barbarian days of Charlie Barker. Yeah, everyone's just on their best behavior, Jared. That's the thing. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense now. Now, there's a border showdown. I want to play some of this, this sound from. Ted Cruz. But I also want to mention here that in Texas, obviously, the Supreme Court made this big decision and and a surprising decision. I think a lot of people were surprised by it, that um, Greg Abbott essentially has to let the feds come in and take down this razor wire that is preventing people from crossing the border illegally. Well, Greg Abbott's saying, no, I'm not going to do it. He's not telling the Texas National Guard to stand down. And now a growing list of Republican governors are standing with Greg Abbott. This is from Breitbart. It says um, the governors are standing with Texas Governor Greg Abbott in the state showdown against the Biden administration. So let's go over a few of these. You've got uh, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, Jim Justice, West Virginia Governor, uh, Christy Nome from South Dakota, Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin, although I have it on good authority that he is not the real governor. 
of Virginia. That would be Terry McAuliffe, according to our real president, Joe Biden. But it's good to see Republicans sticking together. This shouldn't surprise me because it's so obvious that Greg Abbott is in the right here. But whenever Republicans have a backbone, I feel obligated to give them a round of applause because it doesn't happen as often as you'd like it to. Okay, so let's let's take a little bit of this Ted Cruz. And I want to read you this headline from The Hill because this broke down the border deal and it quoted Ted Cruz a lot. But I love the headline. It says Senate conservatives turn up opposition to stinking pile of crap border deal. What do they not like about it? Oh, besides the fact that it's a stinking pile of crap. I'm so excited that they're not going to go along with this just to give Democrats a win and to be like, see, we did something. Because guess what? The media is going to bleep all over Republicans either way. So you might as well stick with your guns. Here's Ted Cruz, cut 15. And this bill, this mysterious bill that is buried down in the basement of Chuck Schumer's office. All of you have a living as reporters. Ask yourself, why have you not read the text of the bill? There's a reason. As bad as we think the bill is, I promise you it's worse. The people pushing this deal knew, no, if the American people knew what was in it, they would be against it. This supplemental bill is a kamikaze plane in a box canyon with no exit headed for a train wreck. If you look at this bill, the bill is not designed to fix this problem. By the way, the single greatest national security threat to America, this right here. I think the odds of a major terrorist attack in the United States are higher today than they've been any time since September 11th. You know what? In that spike, how many Hamas terrorists are there? How many Hezbollah terrorists are there? And what are we going to say when they carry out an attack here like October 7th in Israel? Yeah, and I just want to remind people that the response, if you bring that up, if you say, well, we have an open border and there's people on the terror watch list who are getting through, the response from media hacks, from Democrats with press passes like Jake Tapper, is, well, it's not known that they're terrorists. They're just on the terror watch list. Or I've read reports before that, you know, a a smuggler with sympathies to ISIS with links to ISIS but he's not a member of ISIS like that's that's the reasoning of why you shouldn't be at full freakout mode is because well yeah people are on the terror watch list are getting through but they're just on the watch list it's not like they are it's confirmed they just there's certain amounts of red flags were raised that they were able to get on the terror watch list but it's not a guarantee that they're a terrorist it's the skittle test if you were told the two skittles in a bag of skittles were going to kill you and were poisonous would you eat the bag of skittles probably not we'll be right back we'll take more of your calls we're going to play more from ted cruz don't go anywhere Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. We're going to do the poll question here. We are going to play more sound from Ted Cruz, who's just been on a roll today. And then I also want to play some sound from Kamala Harris's hard-hitting interview with Katie Couric. The amount of softballs this woman gets lobbed, and I haven't seen her knock one out of the park yet. It's like there's no question that's easy enough. And there's really no question that Kamala Harris can't mess up. She's 
she's stellar in that sense. She really, every time I think this will be a good one for her, this will be a good moment, she proves me wrong. A lot of foul bunts. Yes, yes, indeed. Today's poll question is brought to you by Colette Tours and the November 16th listener getaway to Iceland with Caroline Levitt. For more information, go to gracecurlyshow.com and click on the listener getaway banner. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurlyshow.com is, who has the biggest ego? Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, or Barack Obama? I'm going with Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton makes everything about herself. She makes everything about the fact that she lost an election. She cannot take responsibility for it. She cannot face the facts that maybe she just ran a bad campaign. And maybe, just maybe, people don't like you. They really don't like you. That, that thought has never penetrated. It's never even entered into her orbit that there is a chance that the likability factor that you kept saying every time somebody would bring that up, that it was sexist or, you know, misogynistic, that maybe that really was your problem, Hillary. You lost to Donald Trump. A lot of people think he's not the most likable character and he managed to beat you. Look inward. Look in the mirror. The problem, dear Brutus, I'll let Howie finish the rest. Jared, um, I'm going to say Hillary Clinton. Hillary is up to 20% now. Barack Obama still in the lead at 72% and 8% for Joe Biden. You just don't hear from Barack as much as you used to. And I'm not complaining and I'm not suggesting that he needs to be back in the picture more. I did read a report today. It was from Radar Online that he had a secret meeting. It was uh, Barack, Michelle... And they sat down with Joe Biden and they really gave him a piece of their mind. And they said, you know, Joe, we're really nervous that you could mess this up. And they don't think Joe's all there. I don't know what I don't know what it is that's making them so nervous. By the way, I did see some sound on Twitter, Jared, where he's at this bridge thing. You know, he's talking about bridges. Biden at the bridge. Yeah, Biden's at the bridge thing. And he because that's the most important thing going on in the country right now. And he's yelling about something that costs $10. He's going, $10! Normally, if I see a cut of him yelling, I can predict what he's talking about because I find that he either is yelling about the McDonald's Wi-Fi, insulin, he yells about insulin a lot, um, or paying your fair share. Those are kind of the three things that he goes with. But this one, this one I couldn't put my finger on. Okay, so let's play. I'm not going to play Joe Biden. I am going to play a little bit of Ted Cruz here, though. This is Senator Ted Cruz, again, just talking about what Republicans are calling the stinking pile of crap border deal that, thank God, Mitch McConnell is starting to see the writing on the wall. He knows he can't really push this any further. Let's have Ted Cruz cut 16. This bill normalizes 5,000 people a day coming in. 5,000 people a day is over 1.8 million a year. That's called an invasion. By the way, under Joe Biden, we've had 9.6 million. So the great Republican compromises were for two-thirds of Joe Biden's open borders. We'll let in 6 million instead of 9 million. This makes utterly no sense. And there's a reason. Republican leadership is like Charlie Brown with Lucy in the football. And over and over again, they run for the football, and over and over again, Lucy Schumer pulls it away. 
and Republican leadership lands on their ass. They entered this negotiation saying we will only do what Chuck Schumer will agree to. He doesn't want to fix this. He wants it to continue. So negotiating with Chuck Schumer on securing the border is like putting Hannibal Lecter in charge of a go vegan ad campaign. He's, he seems like he's uh, trying to compete with Senator Kennedy with the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hannibal Lecter. With the analogies. But you know what? His, his overall point there is dead on that Republicans keep falling for this. And they're doing it not, not even because I, I don't think they're dumb. I really don't think that Republicans are dumb. They're doing it, though, because they're so afraid of being blamed for things or they're so afraid of like, well, we need a compromise. No, you don't. No, you don't. Because guess what? Compromising by giving Democrats billions of more dollars for them to not use to secure the border. Not only are you not compromising or reaching any sort of solution, you're incentivizing more of this. You're incentivizing more people to come over to this country come through the border, and set up shop. That's what you're incentivizing. And so if it's being blamed for things that you're worried about, get over it. You're going to get blamed for everything either way. That's like what I started to figure out. I'm like Hillary Clinton here. Let me make this about myself. But you do figure that out pretty quickly in life. It's that people are going to be mad no matter what you do. There's always going to be people who hate you, especially if you're a conservative. People are chomping at the bit. To blame you for it. So the second you stop caring about that. And you just start making at the very least. Doing right by the people who support you. Because the Democrats are never going to think you're doing a good job. But what they've been what the Republicans have been doing lately is slapping people in the face who actually do support them. Making people like yours truly feel foolish for backing them. Jonathan, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Jonathan. Oh, hi, Grace. Hello. Uh, I'm just hoping that when Joe Biden and Donald Trump have to do a, um, uh, what's the thing? A debate. <laughs> A update, yeah. That Donald Trump lets Joe Biden talk as much as he can until they have to either turn off his mic Go to commercial or drag him off the stage because Donald Trump will win the election right there. Yeah, I, I've I've said this before, Jonathan, um, that that to me was one of his some people will say Trump's biggest mistakes were like the people he chose when he was president. He he was too trusting of swamp creatures. And I think there's merit there. But I will say that my biggest issue during his last campaign was exactly what you just said. He was on the debate stage with with Joe Biden. He did not let Joe Biden talk. He ended up looking like he was, you know, being mean to Joe Biden. He made Joe Biden into a sympathetic character, which is the last thing we needed. When in reality, if he had just let him talk for more than three minutes, the wheels would have come off. You know, you just got to give Joe Biden. Look, you know, we now have we before the recession, before the, the pandemic, and that's with nobody even, you know, asking them any questions that the wheels are already coming off. Now, what Jonathan's talking about, though, I got news for Jonathan. And if anyone wants to fight me on this, you can. We can take bets. We, we can debate it. I don't think a debate's happening. 
I don't think we're going to see a debate. Not this time around. And I'd be I'd be curious if debates because, Jared, debates are one of those things where I think once they end, I don't know if they come back. Like once once we have a general election with no debate. I think the excuses going forward as to like why certain candidates don't want to do debates, it's just going to be never ending. Yeah, nobody's going to want to give their opponent a platform because they're, you know, terrible or and, and, and in violation of the Logan Act. Or oh, yeah. What, and what do they always say, Jared? I don't. Yeah, I don't want to give him. I, I don't want to. I don't do, want to legitimize what he's saying. I mean, even if they do, the networks like MSNBC and all the principled networks like CNN won't even carry it. Because they've already said they can't carry Donald Trump because of his lying. I wanted to say something about that. I had this idea last night. I was waiting for my candles to charge. I was just laying in my bed. And all of a sudden I got this great idea. I should text it to Caroline Levitt now that we have an inside source in the Trump campaign. Trump should not allow CNN or MSNBC into the room when he gives his next speech. Like when South Carolina, for example, when he trounces Nikki Haley and he gives a big speech afterwards, he should ban them from the room. And then when they start crying about democracy dying in darkness and dictatorship and all these things and uh, freedom of speech, and we are the guardians of the freedom of speech, he should just look at them and go, well, you don't choose to play it, so we don't choose to let you in. You don't choose to air my speeches, so I... I'm not going to have you here. If you're not going to bother playing the speech, then why the hell do you care if you're in the room or not? And, and if you really want to be here, then let's make a deal. He's the art of the deal man, right? Let's make a deal. I'll let you in the room if you play the speech to your viewers unedited. I'm talking no Rachel Maddow, you know, giving her a little two cents. No Jake Tapper voiceovers. You play my speeches unedited for your viewers no cuts, no splices. You're not Katie Kirking this. And I'll let you in. Otherwise, you can wait right out there. We'll post a PDF on Donald J. Trump for President 24.com but really, after the show. How would they complain, Jared? Like, what would the argument be? Rachel Maddow's like, he wouldn't let us in the room. This is how dictators act. He revoked our press passes. Why do you care? You weren't going to play it anyway. You told your audience, you made this big spiel about how you, you can't play the, the speeches for people because it's too upsetting and there's too much at risk and you have to protect your audience from mean words from the mean orange man. So why do you want to be in the room? What are you missing? Nothing. Don't worry about it. One other thing, since I brought up Katie Couric, can we just play one cut here from Kamala Harris? I would like to play. This is the vice president. She is talking about joe and again actually no no no. i want to play this one because this one was really funny this is cut 10 kamala harris november of, of of 2024 binary and on the other side you've got someone who has said that if he were back in office he would weaponize the department of justice someone who has openly applauded insurrectionists as patriots someone who has said that they will go after their political enemies and, and applauds dictators, indicating that he would be one. <laughs> Wait, so, hold on, hold on. Is she talking about, is she talking about Donald Trump? Because it sounds like she's talking about Joe. Can you imagine if someone were president and they had their DOJ raid a former president's home? 
or, or what if what if these intelligence agencies plotted to overthrow a duly elected president? <gasps> Can you imagine that? Could you imagine if a, the White House conspired with a prosecutor and her beau to file charges against the president yeah. in some weird concocted scheme? Can you imagine if the media and the intelligence agencies and everybody in between concocted a giant hoax that cost taxpayers millions of dollars and took years to debunk all in the hopes of framing a president? That would be wild, wouldn't it, Kamala? I mean, next thing you know, Donald J. Trump would be in front of a red background screaming about how half the country is terrorists or something. Can't allow that to happen. They really don't understand like that we're starting. People are starting to figure out that anything they're accusing the right of, they're doing themselves. Like you guys are censoring people. You guys are censoring Trump. You're not even letting his speeches air. And then you're going to sit here and go, he wants to be a dictator. If he wanted to be a dictator, he would have done it the first time around. I'm not buying this idea that he was saving it all for his second act. Okay. I don't know why anyone would do that. Billy, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Billy. Hello, Grace. I just heard you say a wonderful thing. Not allowing CNN and uh, NBC or whatever to um, 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 in Trump's rally. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. So just, just give them some of their own medicine. And um, one more thing I want to say. Um, how come nobody says... What MEGA stands for, um, Make America Great Again, right? Is that somebody that wants to take over the country or uh, puts last the country? Yeah, I think it tells you a lot about Biden and Kamala and all these people in the mainstream media that when they hear Make America Great Again, that's like a dog whistle to them. That's some sort of racist, xenophobic dog whistle. And that was one great thing Dean Phillips, who got, I believe, 20 percent of the vote in New Hampshire in that New Hampshire primary, not sanctioned by Democrats. He said he he stood in line with Trump supporters. He talked to them. He said they were all wonderful people. They were all so nice. Like they all, you know, they in other words, they weren't what the media would have you believe is a Trump supporter. And that's part of that's part of the issue with these Democrats is like Kamala Harris was saying in that interview with Katie Kirk. Oh, I don't judge Trump supporters. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. You do, though. That's the problem. You do. You look at people who love their country and people who want to protect their border and people who want to have their country safe. You look at them as second class citizens and they're starting to figure that out, unfortunately for you. 844-500-4242. Thank you for the call, Billy. I think it's a good idea, too. And I'm tossing it out to the Trump administration. Nassau Beach Inn just opened reservations for winter getaways. And this is the perfect place to go if you're looking to unwind, to reset, to relax. The Nassau Beach Inn is such a beautiful spot. It's so tranquil. And they have so many things you guys are going to love. There's steps from the beach. Um, the fire pits are on. They're a lot of fun, especially this time of year. The views are incredible. They have fireplaces in every room. Every room has an ocean view, uh, an ocean view, which is awesome. And right now, the price is right. Okay, you can stay at the Nasa Beach Inn on Cape Cod for under two hundred dollars this winter. If you're familiar with Cape Cod, that's unheard of. That is not something that is typical of the Cape. It's usually very expensive and very crowded and very hard to get to. Right now, it's a great deal. 
It's the perfect time to go because you can walk around, you can get reservations, you can enjoy all the tranquility, all the fun of Cape Cod without the crowds. So don't delay. These rooms go fast. Go to NossetBeachInn.com to reserve your ocean view room. Go to NossetBeachInn.com. That's NossetBeachInn.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to The Grace Curley Show. So Senator Ted Cruz made it very clear how he feels about the stinking pile of crap border deal. It seems like Senator Mitch McConnell is getting the message that the GOP senators are not on board with this. Joining us now is Howie Carr. Howie, I would love to know what you make of this and also what you make of Greg Abbott refusing to um, take the Supreme Court's decision and run with it. Well, he's just doing what the uh, Democrats have been doing all along. You know, I mean, uh, Joe Biden didn't uh, accept the verdict of the Supreme Court, did he, to uh, to stop the uh, the student loan, quote unquote, forgiveness program. He was uh, urged when the uh, the anti uh, racial preferences decision came down against Harvard and UNC to ignore that. Because it, it was just just because it was in the Constitution didn't make it right. And and what about the fact uh, that he has uh, he's been not enforcing the border laws? You know, there's Article Two of the Constitution: the president shall take care that the laws be faithfully executed. So uh, he hasn't been following the Constitution or the Supreme Court. Yeah, and how we don't you think it's it's uh, I shouldn't say weird because I think we all know it's pretty obvious this is on, on purpose at this point. But the only time he seems to care is if he thinks anyone else is figuring out a way to actually save themselves. Like if Texas is figuring out a way to prevent this overflow of people, then Joe Biden and his administration suddenly want to get involved. Otherwise, they don't care. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, he's 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 really a mess. He's right now. Uh, we're going to have more. <laughs> Yesterday, those sound cuts were disastrous. Where he called Tesla Tulsa, <laughs> and he referred to the IBW as the IEBW. Big Mister Lunchbucket Joe, big union guy, doesn't know what the <laughs> IBW stands for. I mean, I, I can only assume that today in Wisconsin he will be equally. Uh, 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 incoherent, shall we say? Well, you know what, Howie, I can tell you this, and I've only seen a couple cuts, but he's angry. You know how Joe's different every day. Today, he's angry, Joe. He's yelling a lot, and I think that's good news for you, though. I, I think it is too. <laughs> how- pay your fair share, except Hunter. Hunter doesn't have to pay his fair share. Howie Carr's coming up next, everybody. Don't go anywhere. I'll see you tomorrow for our TGIF show.